Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. I hope that you're doing well today because I'm doing well. I want to tell you that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and you're not alone. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that you're part of a family. You know that we love one another, and we're going to be praying for one another. I'm just so excited to talk about the goodness of God today. I want to talk about the love of God. I want to tell you that you are not forsaken, that you are not forgotten, that you have a right to call on the name of God, the name of Jesus today, and that God loves you. There's nothing that he would, don't, won't do for you. He's here for you, and he told me, and he gave me a word to give to you today. And the title of this message is going to be called The Dreamer. We're going to be talking about Joseph, one of the most celebrated people in the Bible. I love the story of Joseph because it talks about odds that seem impossible to overcome. Joseph is going to deal with a lot. He's going to deal with jealousy from his brothers. He's going to end up being sold into slavery. He's going to end up in prison. But wouldn't you notice God that we serve is going to use all these things and work it out for the good. This is why I love when the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Not even all these horrible things that happened to him along the way could stop what God had planned to do with Joseph. And Joseph, his brothers was jealous because he was his father's favorite. His father gave him a coat, and that coat had many colors. It was like having a royal coat over his brothers, and they didn't like that. And it brought about jealousy. And then at the age of 17, God begins to speak to Joseph in dreams. And Joseph would share his dreams with his family. And the more he talked, the more they got jealous. But his father pondered on the things that he said. Because he said some things that didn't seem right for a younger son to say to his family. But he just didn't know that one day, even though he had all these dreams, that he was going to die. Not a physical death, but he was going to die a spiritual death. To be what God wanted him to be, he had to die. Not a physical death. He's going to be brought out of a pit. He's going to be in the hole in the ground. But God is going to lift him up. Boy, I'm so excited today. I want to tell you that I love you. That if you're dealing with depression, depression, you feel like that you can't go on. You feel like everything that you do doesn't matter. It does matter. God loves you. I know how it is to wake up and feel defeated and feel like that nothing you do matters. You may feel that way today, but let me tell you, that's a lie of the enemy. 
That's a lie of the enemy. Remember this. If God is for you, who can be against you? I, and sometimes it feels like the world is against you. It feels like even the people closest to you are against you. But understand this. Whatever's going on in your life at this time, God is working things out for your good. He's doing things when you don't even know what he's doing. I'm so excited to talk about the dreamer. And we're going to have a series on Joseph. It's going to be a fascinating series. We're going to see how he, he's on top. Then he's brought down. And you think that he can't go any longer? He's going to even be brought down further. But God has a plan for him because he's going to save the whole world with the knowledge that God has put inside of him. He doesn't know it when he's having these dreams that these dreams are going to be something that will save the world. So also, parents, I want to tell you, if your children tell you that God wants them, praise God and shout hallelujah because God wants to use them. Do not let the enemy come in against them. Train up your child in the way they should go and they should not depart. Talk to them about the love of God. Talk to them about what he says in his word. Let them know that if they get in trouble, that they can call upon the name of Jesus. And he will rescue them just as he did Peter when he walked on the water and began to sink. And he stuck out his arm, his hand, and lifted him up. Immediately, that's what it says in the scripture, that he saved him immediately. But you know, I just want to tell you, I've been reading from a New King James Version today. You know how we do it. We pray before we start talking about the goodness of God and diving into his word. But also, you know, in 2020, I start naming the places where the podcast is being heard and the people who listen to the podcast. And so I want to continue to do that. One day, I'm not going to be able to do it because you know why? It's going to take the whole show to name all the places where God's word is going to be. And can I get an amen? But right now, we can celebrate my home state in the United States, Illinois. We can celebrate South Carolina today, New York, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, North Carolina, California. And then we can celebrate the country of Spain, Russia, Iran, the United Kingdom, Canada, and Belgium. You see how big this family is? This family has grown in it. <laughs> you think about that. This family has grown to be a family everywhere. And we're all filled with the Holy Spirit. That means we have power to bring about change in this world. That's why March the 19th is going to be our universal day of prayer for this world. 
And just think, when we all come together on one accord that day, and we begin to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, just as in Acts when the Holy Spirit fell, just understand the power that we have when we begin to open our voice and begin to magnify God. Just think what God is going to do with us, through us, and for the people. That's why I'm excited today. I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Whatever heaviness that you have, God is there. Even if you don't feel that he's there, even if you feel abandoned and all alone and dejected and rejected, God is there in the midst of everything that you're going through. He's right there when you don't feel like getting out the bed. He's right there when you feel like that no one else cares. He's right there all the time by your side because he's a God of love and compassion. Can I get an amen? Sure. Can I get an amen? You're not alone, family. But you know how we do it. Now it's time to pray. Then we're going to dive into Genesis chapter 37, talking about the dreamer. This is the series of Joseph. He becomes the visor in Egypt. He's going to become the second most powerful person. The only other person who's going to have more power and authority than him is going to be the Pharaoh. So let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for the day, Father. I thank you for your holy anointed word. God, I praise you this morning, Father. I praise you, Father, for the downtrodden today. I praise you, Father, for the widows, the orphans. I praise you, Father, for the persecuted church, which I cry out to you, Father, asking you to step in and intervene in their world, Father, to change their situation and circumstances, that you would take the people who punish your people, Father. I don't want you to destroy them. I want you to save them as the same way you save the people who believe in you while being persecuted. Let the persecutor become the child of God. From the highest point of government to the lowest point, change that nation, God. Change that nation view of who you are. Father, I cry for the people who are dealing with the COVID pandemic situation, Father. That they're tired of the masses, Father. That they want to once be able to walk down the street freely again. Father, I know that you sit on the throne that none of this stuff is surprising to you. And even though we don't see it, but things are working out for the good of those that love you. Father, I cry, Father, for the people in prison. That when they get out, they get a second chance, a real second chance. That they don't always be condemned because of their past life. Because sometimes the Bible says that a just man falls seven times and rises back up again. Father, I just want to tell you that I love you today. That you all that I have. And God, and that's more than enough. Father, I just ask you. To bless those who believe in you, God. 
And those who don't believe in you, Father, show them who you are. Bless them and turn them into the children of God. Get your trophies today, God. You deserve your trophies. You deserve to be honored and magnified on this earth today. And I want to do my part and just say thank you. Hallelujah. Love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, I hope that y'all ready because, man, we about to talk about this dream. We about to talk about someone who doesn't know that he's going to die. Not a physical death, but he's going to die spiritual death. Along the way, God is going to take this child and make him into a man, a man of God, a man of compassion. Joseph is going to amaze you because he's going to be walking Christ-like in love towards his brothers. He's not going to hate them for what they've done to him. He's going to explain to him that it was all God's plan in the end. So let's, let's dive in. Now Jacob dwelled in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Jacob being, Joseph being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. The lad was with the sons of Bela and the sons of Zipha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. This is the first part. Joseph is going to bring a bad report to his father about his brothers. And so this is not going to go well with Joseph. Even though he's telling his father the truth, but his brothers are going to be mad with him because he went running to dad. And let's read that again. Now, Jacob dwelt in the lands where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of, of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bela and the sons of Zipha, his father's wife. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Oh, wow. You know, just hearing that, guess what? He brings a bad report. His father loves him more than any of his children. And could you imagine, you know, Joseph had a big family. He has 11 brothers and a sister. And everyone knows that the father favors him above them all. So it brings in civil rivalry. And this becomes a contest. Who is loved more? And Jacob in his old age, not talking about Jacob, but because of the outward showing, it affected his children. You know, I'm a parent, and I love all my children equally. I thank God. I thank God for the Word of God because it shows me that if you do anything where you make one child 
so special, it creates a problem. Because it's going to create a problem for Joseph. It's going to create a major problem for him. It's going to create a major problem. This battle line, this story of Jacob and Joseph, informs the reader that Jacob's father Isaac hinch his son as well thought in the land had not yet entered into possession of their inheritance. They were still alien residing in, a, in lands that was never there. Understand this. God had made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob what he's going to do. And right now, they just been a traveling band. Their home is here. Their home is there. God has, hasn't given them no permanent place to be. And we know that Moses is going to be the one that's going to take them into the promised land. It's going to be a long time. But at this time, God showed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob favor in different places because he was with them. Joseph being 17 years old, 11 years has passed since he entered the land of Canaan with his family. Since Joseph was born six years before departing from Haran, a bad report, whether Joseph brought this at his own initiative or reporting back at the father's demand. His brothers didn't like it. They didn't like it. And let's look at verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his children because he was the son of his old age. He made him a tonic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. This jealousy becomes to hate. They couldn't even speak to him in peace. And see, I love God. Because what they don't know, that all this hate that they have for him, one day it's going to change their lives. They're, it's going to change their lives. Right now, he seems to be a nuisance to the family. But God is going to use Joseph to save his entire family's life. These brothers that dislike him right now or hate him, they are going to find out that God used him to keep them alive, their children, their wives, their livestock. God is going to use them. God is going to use them in a dramatic way. Check this out. With this tunic of many colors. 
the spongent favored this translation in the Hebrew phrase used of Moses, although some prefer a long sleeve robe or an ornament tunic. It marks the owner as the one whom the father intends to be the future leader of the household, an honor normally given to the firstborn. See what I'm saying? Now I'm now, now to blow your mind now, see. This honor, this tonic, this was given not to the firstborn. See, everyone can accept the gift being given to the firstborn because he's supposed to be the heir of the family by birth. But what his father does, he gives it to Joseph. That Joseph is going to be the head of the family. And, 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 and talking about, you know, this is this prototype still dealing with Adam and Christ. That the transfer of power from Adam will go to Christ. Adam was the first. Jesus is the second. Understand this. Jacob Israel is the second. Because Esau was the first. I want you to see it. I want you to know that this is a prototype of the transfer of power from Adam to Christ. See what I'm saying? So, it had to be this way. Because God is going to use him. God is going to use him. Even though the brothers don't understand, even though his father doesn't understand. But God has a plan. Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Understand that God is going to use him. But he has to die. And we're going to get to his death too. This, this regeneration, this baptism. Okay, now let's go on. In verse 5, now Joseph had a dream. He told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my shelf arose also and stood upright. And indeed, your shelves stood all around and bowed down to my shelf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? What are you saying, man? That we gonna bow down to you? See, sometimes when we, sometimes when God revealed certain things to us, don't mean that we need to talk about them right away to people. Because now, all he's doing is compounding and compounding and compounding, making his brothers hate him more and more. Because now he's saying, hey, remember I told you the tonic represent that his father was going to transfer everything over to him. And now he's talking about he had a dream that they were all together and they began to bow around him. They didn't know that there was going to be a famine in the land and that Joseph will be this person that they will have to come and humble themselves to for food to feed their family. So this is what the dream represents. That one day in a far, 
foreign distant land that his brothers will reunite with him but when they reunite with him they're going to bow because he's going to be the visor in Egypt he's going to be the second most powerful people person in, in, in Egypt they don't realize that he is going to be someone that they have to bow down to Joseph doesn't understand but God is going to hide him before it's time before him to rise. Because if the world knew who Joseph was, they would have killed him. Especially in Egypt. Because he wasn't Egyptian. He was going to be the person that God brought from the outside. Okay, that's, that's a whole nother story. I'm just, I'm telling, I just want to tell y'all that. And, that and, and, and let's look at verse 9. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. He, 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 he ain't gonna win this, y'all. He ain't gonna win this among his brethren because it's just too much for them. And then, you know, it's like he's boasting, but he's, he, he, remember, he's just 17 years old. He's just speaking. In other words, he's not trying to hurt nobody. He's trying to get an understanding himself about what is going on. Then check this out. Then God gives him more dreams. That's in God. God, don't you see his brothers hate him, God? Why would you keep giving him dreams if you keep opening his mouth, God? Then he dreams still another dream in verse 9. And told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Okay. Now he didn't went all the way in. <laughs> now the sun and moon represents his father and mother. The stars represents his brother. And so guess what? Now this, this, this young fool being told, Everybody gonna bow down to me, include my dad, my mama. Everybody gonna bow down to me. Everybody's gonna show me homage. He was not trying to be <laughs> braggadocious. He was just speaking from his heart. But every time he opened his heart, his mouth, the reason I said heart and mouth, because they say out of the heart, the mouth speaks. But he's just trying to get an understanding. He's not trying to pick on his brothers, but he's just keep talking. Talking and talking and talking. And so check this out. So he told it to his father and his brother. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Should your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? But let me understand. I want you to understand this. Jacob is chosen by God. These things that Joseph is saying, his father is going to look at it in a different light. Check it out. And this is what I mean. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. He knew that God was saying something, but God hadn't revealed to him what he's getting ready to do. Because guess what? 
Joseph and his father Jacob. Jacob is about to experience the death of a son. He's about to experience death of a son. It's pretty deep, ain't it? Not a physical death, a spiritual death, and a physical death because he's about to lose his son. He's going to believe that his son is dead for a long period of time. But glory to God, that's not going to be his reality. Because God is going to let him see his son before he dies. He's going to see his son resurrected. See? Prototype of Christ again. God is going to let him see his son does live. Because it's going to be years before he sees his son again. And when he does see his son, it's going to be a resurrection. Because his son was supposed to be dead. Because his brothers told him that he was killed. But we're going to see this later on. This is towards the end of this story of Joseph when this happens. Now let's look at verse 12. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he says to him, Please go and see if it's well with your brothers and well with the flock and bring back word to me so he sent him to the valley of hebron and he went to shechem now a certain man found him there and he was wandering in the fields and a man asked him saying what are you seeking so he said i am seeking my brothers please tell me where they are feeding the flock and the man said they have departed from here for I heard them say, let us go down to Dutin. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dutin. This is when Joseph's life is going to be altered. Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Joseph is about to experience a regeneration. He's about to die. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. He's about to be stripped of this tonic with all these colors given to the firstborn who should reign over the family. It's go this is going to sound bad, but it's going to be for the glory of God and mankind. Even though right now, you might feel that your world is crashing around you. You might feel that you're losing things that you don't want to lose. But God is working in the midst of all these things, even when you don't understand. Because check this out. In verse 18, now when they saw him, afar off, even before he came near them. They conspired against him to kill him. 
Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. See, the dreams brought about this death. This dream brought about this death that's getting ready to occur. But let me tell you something. When he gets resurrected and when his father sees him, he's going to see the wonderful working powers of God. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, which is in the wilderness. And do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of the hands and bring him back to his father. This is his big brother. Wants to save him. But he said, put him in a pit. It's, it's, it's burial. They fix to bury Joseph. But they don't realize that they think that they're doing something. But they don't realize they are part of God's plan in Joseph's life to use him where he was going to save the whole world in a family. He's going to have so much wisdom and discernment that he's going to tell the Pharaoh what to do. And he's going to bless the whole world. Don't know it yet, but he had to go through some things before he get to this point. And so it came to pass when Joseph comes to his brother, they stripped Joseph of his tonic, the tonic of many colors that was on him. See, the stripping of the clothes was meant they were taking the power from him. No, you're not going to have this power over us. We're going to make you be nothing because they wanted to kill him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spice and bombs and mirror. I want you to understand this. The Ishmaelites are Jacob's brother's children. And they were going, check this out, they were bearing spice, bomb, and mirror on their way, carrying them down to Egypt. Egyptians believed in embalming. See? I want you to see what's going on around Joseph. He's in a pit. The Israelites are going down to Egypt to sell embalming food. So now Joseph is in his pit. He's been stripped. So this is he's not Joseph, the son, his favorite, his father's favorite son. He doesn't have the the coat of many colors. Now he's just Joseph without a family. No love of dad. It's, 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 it's a wrap. It, it appears that the worst is getting ready to happen to him. And as we go into the series, we're we going to see a whole bunch of things. 
that transforms him into this man of God who walks in love, who doesn't hate his brothers for what they're about to do. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come let us sell him to the Israelites and let not our hands be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh and his brothers listen. Then the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Israelite for 20 shekels of silver. 20 shekels of silver. This was the average price of a slave at that time in the second millennial before Christ. Although most slaves were part of the booty of a military conquest, private and commercial slaves trading was also common. Joseph was sold into slavery. He was sold as a slave. That was the going price for a slave. That was the going price for a slave. Now check this out. So now they sold him for 20 pieces. Then Reuben returned to the pit. This is verse 29. And indeed Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more. And I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic and killed a kid goat. Dipped it tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? Boy, this is something else, man. His brothers then went on ahead and they, they sold him and now they finished to go lie to their father. But let me tell you something. The truth can't live in a lie. What's going to eventually happen is the truth is going to come out that Joseph is alive. And when, they, when it does come out, it's going to be for the betterment of the family. The betterment of the world. But this is going to be a day that Jacob will be in mourning. He will mourn for his son. And he recognized it in verse 33 and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and put on a sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and all of his daughters aroused to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I should go down into the grave to my son's mourning. Does his father wept for him? See that? He's dealing with the death of a son, a child, son he loved more than anybody. Could you imagine how he had felt, how miserable he was inside? This son that he loved above all his children is now gone. But he's not gone. This series gets better and better. It gets better and better because eventually he's going to see the resurrection of Joseph. As we look for the resurrection of Christ, 
Jacob would see the resurrection of Joseph. He's not going to be 17 years old when his father sees him. He's going to be a grown man with a family as well. I'm just giving you a little tad bit. And this is in verse 36 is the last one. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt. And this is who they sold him to. Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh and a captain of the guard. Boy, let me tell you, get ready for part two. And so I want to tell you right now, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Don't despise dreams. Believe that God will work things out for the good for you and me. We're going to talk about the dreamer, Joseph. The dreamer who's going to change the whole world. But right now, he had to die to become the man that God wanted him to be. And sometimes we have to die to ourselves too. To become what God has called us to be. Sometimes we lose. Sometimes to lose is the game. So let's close in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for the dreamer, Joseph. Father, I pray that your word penetrate people's heart. I pray, Father, that they get excited about this series of Joseph. Because I'm going to talk about the dreamer and the dreams. And what that you had put into his heart, Father. To change the whole world. To save the whole world in this time. God, I love you. I pray that you bless your people. I pray, Father, that you do extraordinary, wonderful things for them. I thank you, Father, for the day. I glorify and magnify you on the earth. I praise you. I magnify you, God. Bless your people, Father. Give them tokens of your love and affection for them, Father. I pray that you would bless them. I pray and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I want to tell you that I love you. Remember, you are not alone as a family, and I forgot to give you the email address, but let me do it right now. If you need prayer, you want to tell me about your testimony so that I can share with the people that listen. The email address is all one word. You are not alone, pod, P-O-D, dannyhampton at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, love you, praying for you, believing you. The best for you in 2021. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.